Hey there, thank you for watching online with us today with literally people from all over the world. We're so thankful you've joined us. We hope that these messages are a blessing and an encouragement to you in your walk with Christ. However, these messages are only meant to be supplemental. They are not to take the place of a local body, a local church, or a local pastor. And so, if you live in the Middle Tennessee area, please come to one of our local campuses, connect with us, worship with us, and be a part of that local gathering. If you aren't near the Middle Tennessee area, reach out to us via Facebook or Instagram or email. And we want to connect you with a gospel-centered, Bible-believing church near you that's going to help you to find life and live sin. Again, thank you for watching online with us today. We're prayerful that these messages are a blessing in your walk with Christ. God bless you and thank you for watching. of you are are like olympic junkie fans anybody like loving this stuff uh some some not many uh i wouldn't consider myself a junkie but i, I really enjoyed watching it um and some of it's awkward though like aren't these the weirdest like some of these games are like how did you come up with this thing like like literally the game or the the, the competition I call it again, competition that where they're skiing downhill, they stop, shoot some things, and then ski some more. Like like James Bond game or something. I don't know what this is, uh, that you need that skill in life, but it's cool, you know? Uh, you know, and then you've got like the, the ski jump. It's the closest a human is going to get to flying, you know? It's like, that is incredible. Uh, and then need I say much about curling, right? Like, that's a... Shuffleboard on ice or something, I don't know, but um, it's just incredible, right? And then you've got figure skating, which is basically like the weirdest thing ever. Richard Simmons routine, men in tights, it's like a, it's weird. Uh, awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Uh, so, man, it's, it's, it's been fun to watch the Olympics and, and, and be a part of that. But one of the things I was, I was uh, looking at and studying this week, because I'm like, what, what does it take to be an Olympic athlete? Like, what does it take to do what they do besides, like, fitting in tights? What does it take to do what they do? And uh, these uh, athletes, the, 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 these athletes, these Olympic athletes uh, are, are really, like, top of their, like, like, literally, I think they need to put a normal Joe in the competition so we can have perspective on what it would look like if we tried to do what they do, right? Like, you watch the snowboarding thing. You watch Sean White do his everything, and he makes the other people look like they're terrible. But really, they're the best in their country. Like, they're not terrible. Like, they need to put a normal Joe so we can go up there, bust our butts, and then, you know, then we'd be like, yeah, we really appreciate what these guys are doing, right? But I was looking, looking at what does it take to be an Olympic athlete, and literally, it's their job. To, to be an Olympic athlete, it is their job. They will train 40 hours a week every day of the year, essentially, five to six days a week. Uh, and, and so here is to be this Olympic athlete, to pursue the gold medal, to pursue, you know, whatever, fame, glory, standing on the pedestal, hearing your country's song play, except for Russia, you know, it, it, <laughs> 
it, it, it takes a huge amount of, of, of work and dedication. And obviously the Lord has, has blessed these individuals with natural ability, but they've also put in the time and, and poured out their lives to, to pour into this thing. And I think what we see in that is something that's inspiring. It's inspiring to me to watch them dedicate their lives in pursuit of uh, this goal or this dream or, uh, you know, in winning the gold medal or whatever. And I think what we see here is what a, a little piece of what is in all of us in that this is the way God has designed us. He has designed us to have a, a craving or an, an ambition that uh, pursues things, right, that, that goes after things and then wants to accomplish things and, 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 and dreams and wants to, like, uh, be something, right? And, and, and these cravings in all of us uh, have the potential for good or, or bad, right? And, and our hope is that we would begin to wield those cravings and ambitions to holy cravings and holy ambitions. But, but you see these Olympic athletes, they're, they're, they're going after these things, and they spend all their time and energy and passion and money pursuing these, these cravings. And we've seen that work to the bad, right? We've seen people um, crave things that, like, in the end, like, that won't really matter, right? Like, maybe uh, we've seen people just, their end all be all is getting more money. And so they'll, they'll, they're chasing that dream. They're trying to get more. They're sacrificing family and time. And they're working long hours. And they're trying to get more. They had this craving. How much is enough? Just a little bit more. And they just keep going, right? Trying to get it. Or, or maybe that's success. <coughs> maybe they want to climb to the top of the corporate ladder and they're, they're, they're chasing that craving. They want to be known as somebody. And so they're chasing that and they're trying to be, uh, you, you know, that, that successful in that kind of way or, or whatever those cravings are. We've seen those things work out, uh, in, in lives. And really, um, we, we, um, we all have those, and a lot of times when, when used towards um, ill purposes, the, the, I mean, we'll find ourselves laying down everything to pursue these, to pursue these cravings and these, these wants and these de- desires and these, these dreams in us. And really, we live in a culture that feeds that, right? We live in a culture that feeds that. The, 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 our culture knows that we are a people that have cravings, right? Um, which is why, you know, all of our lives have ads in them, right? Anything, any video you watch, any show, TV, you know, everything has these ads to kind of get our cravings to get what they want us to get, right? New iPhone or like Coke or whatever. Like we, they, they're trying to wield our cravings to desire what, what they're offering, right? And so they, they're constantly trying to get us to, to, um, to buy into those things, right? Um, one great, um, I think the closing argument for me to convince you that the world is trying to get you uh, to to buy in and, and capitalize on your cravings is the uh, hot now Krispy Kreme sign. Mm-hmm. Immediately, your mouths just started watering. Right, uh, we know that we know our. As soon as we now, you can't get them here. That's fake. Like they don't even make them here. They're just like they're freshly microwaved here. Right? Like no, I'm talking about like real fresh, hot now, crispy. And you see that red circle on, and you're like, I've got to have that. I, I've got to have that chocolate covered, cream filled, 
Yes, I, and with the same passion as Olympic athletes go for the gold medal, we pull in the Krispy Kreme, and we got to have that, right? Like, so we have a world that is constantly vying for our, our cravings and our affections to be, to be spent out on stuff that really doesn't matter. And so with that in mind, our sacred gathering, what we do in that, there's three days of prayer and fasting, is that we want to take those cravings in us, take those desires in us, and set them on the only thing that is going to matter eternally, namely Jesus. And so we know those are in us. We know we have the tendency to value things over uh, our walk with Christ. And so these, this is a three-day of intentional focus of saying, God, we want you more than anything the world has to offer us. We want you more, more than even food. We, we want you. We, we want you to be our highest craving. We want you to be our, our, our highest ambition and pursuit. And, and so we set aside these days so that you can continue to just scrape off the things in our life that, that are trivial and, and, and won't uh, last through eternity. And we want to set our vision and our focus in on you. And so that's what those three days are about, just, just really kind of radically reorienting our desires and our cravings and our heart back to the thing that matters and is, that has significance beyond the temporal uh, satisfactions. And so that's what we just a three day of focus. And I want to read to you. This is Matthew five, um, verse six. And um, I think it's kind of just a snapshot of what we're after here. Uh, But Matthew five, six says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. See, the the issue is oftentimes we hunger and thirst for other things other than God and his righteousness. And we get to the end of those pursuits and we are not satisfied. And so scripture says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Now, here's the issue. Uh, one of the reasons we fast is so that we can experience what it's like to be hungry. So we can experience these hunger pains that are more intense than lunch is a little late, right? That we, we want to experience what our, even in the experience of feeling what our body does and craving that food, and we want to begin to turn that and say, that's what I want. That's how I want my soul to hunger and thirst after God. I know in that kind of pursuit of Jesus that I will be, I will be satisfied. So a little history on sacred gathering. Uh, this will be our fourth sacred gathering as a, as a life point family. Um, the first one was in 2004. Um, and was anybody a part of that, 2004 one? Yeah, we've got some folks that were a part of that. Uh, I was not. I was, uh, I was in college. Uh, sorry to make you feel old. Um, but I was in college, but I did fast while I was in, I was in Knoxville, God's country. I was, I was there, and uh, uh, I fasted. But, but uh, so this will be our fourth one, first one in 2004. And, uh, man, God has really used these. And, and, and our senior pastor, uh, Pat, 
uh, really felt God press on him to lead our church through this thing. And he used Joel, God used Joel chapter 1, verse 14 to kind of get us there. Um, and, and, and through the scriptures kind of lead us to this point. But Joel 1, 14 says, consecrate a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land to the house of the Lord your God and cry out to the Lord. And so this is what he led our church to do. Gather together, come together fasting and praying and crying out uh, to the Lord. And so, at, you know, in the, the past sacred gatherings, we haven't come to these things with an agenda, right? We haven't come to the, these times of prayer and fasting saying, all right, here's what we're going to talk about. Here's where we're going to get our people to. Here's where, where we want to get everybody's mind and thoughts on like this direction. No, no, we've come and we've just said, all right, we are praying and we are fasting and God you show us what you want in us and through us and with us. And so we've come to these things blank with a blank slate, asking God to move, asking him to uh, just, just show up in our lives, really. And, uh, you know, th th when we did the first one, uh, it was the fear of the staff that only the staff would be there. Right? Because they had to be, right? You don't show up, you don't get paid, right? So they had to be there. And, uh, and, but really, God moved, and, and, uh, and, and, and uh, the whole hub at the Smyrna campus, if you've been there, the whole, whole gym, used to be a gym, was full. And, and it kind of grew every night of people coming and being a part of what God was doing because he was, he was moving, he was showing up, and he was speaking to, to us. And, and it, it became very clear uh, through that first sacred gathering what he was doing. There were several people coming up and saying, hey, God is calling me to um, you know, quit my job and move to the mission field. And... It was obvious that God was moving in our church in this capacity that we were saying, okay, we're, we, all right, we see you moving. We see God giving us a heart for the nations to, to live sin, to, to, to go and share in the gospel uh, with, with, with not just our town but throughout the nations. And so he, he was moving uh, in, in that. And then in 2008, because uh, at that point, we started partnering with people. We started partnering with Brazil. That's a partner of ours. We started partnering with different places, India, and different places all over the world, and, 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 and these mission partnerships. Well, in, in 08, he began to move our heart and say, no, 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 it's more than that, and, and, and led us to begin planting campuses and churches uh, in, in the international and here. So, so this campus is a direct result of what God did out of sacred gathering in 2008. And so we can look back and see how God moved and how he, he worked and how he drew uh, his people in close and revealed a vision to them and, and set them on mission for a particular purpose. Uh, and, and so uh, so he's constantly been moving uh, through our sacred gatherings. Now, some of you may be like, that's exactly why I'm not coming. I don't want him to send me to Bangkok. Uh, <laughs> Odds are uh, you're not going to be called. Maybe some of you will be called to go internationally, uh, but odds are probably not. I think probably he's going to begin showing you, um, he's going to send you to your workplace, send you to your families, to send you to wherever he's got you in life. Maybe he's calling you to be, maybe he's calling some of you men to begin to rise up, to be the spiritual leader that your family needs. Whatever God is going to do in you on an individual level. Don't, don't be afraid of the extreme to step into God. Like, I don't want to be one of them radicals. Man, step in to what God has for you in your heart and life, right? And, uh, you know, 
We've often as a church been criticized by people in our community uh, as being the, you know, I'm not going to go there because if I go there, they're going to send me to the mission field. Uh, So I don't want you to be afraid of that. Although it's pretty cool to be criticized for doing something that Jesus tells you to do. I'll take that. Um, But I don't want you to be welled up with fear that, oh, I don't, you know, I don't want these. God wants to do something in particular with you. Uh, and it, it may be going to the mission field. It may be going to your workplace. It may be uh, calling you to disciple your kids or your family. May, I don't know what it is. But I want you to begin to step into that, right? And we are a church that's constant. I, I say this all the time. I say, I don't think people are going to be able to sit under my preaching for long uh, with a faith that is, that is lukewarm or mediocre. Uh, because they're going to get... Uh, because, you know, uh, we're going to continue to challenge and continue to push uh, and continue to say, hey, you, you step into God, sacrifice for God, go for God, pour out your life for God, you know. And a lot of people will say, I don't want that. I want three points in a poem. I want someone to just encourage me and uh, just tell, you know, give me a little morality and that'll make me want to tip a little more in the offering basket. And, and, and then I can go home and eat lunch and I have to think about it anymore. That's not what you're going to get here. What you're going to get here is the constant call to come and die. The constant call to sacrifice all for the sake of God, because he is worth it all. And so we're constantly saying, Hey, come and lay down your life for the sake of the gospel. And seek a reward that is beyond your temporary satisfaction. Seek Jesus because he's worth it all. And so we're constantly going to be calling you to do that. And these fast, fasting in times of prayer are in that vein. We are not just a church to be a church to say, hey, I'm a part of this or this or this. No, my goal is your pastor. What I want most for you is maybe my highest goal is not to be liked. My highest goal is not to be the most loved person. My highest goal for you. Now, don't get me wrong. Please like me. But my my highest goal for you is for when you stand before the Lord, for him to be able to say over your life, well done, good and faithful servant. That's my highest goal for you. And so everything I preach and everything we do as a church is to begin to help you have eyes to see that this world is trivial and it's going to burn up and we have to live with the end in mind, living all our days for the sake of the name and the glory of Jesus and we pour out our lives for him and him alone so that you get to the end of your life and you've raised your kids and you've done your job and you get to the end of it all and Jesus says over you, well done, good and faithful servant. You worship me in all of your life you spread the fame of my name through all nations and through through your particular area into all nations well done good and faithful servant and so that's my goal is to hear you hear to have you hear that from our father and so we're constantly pushing for us to be a people that are cross-centered have have Jesus as our highest craving that he is our highest pursuit beyond all the things the world tries to drag us into, that we say, no, 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 no. Those things will burn up in the end and provide no fruit for my life. I want Jesus.
I hunger and thirst for righteousness, for I know at the end I will be satisfied. I know in him I will be satisfied. And so uh, that's why we're calling you this fast. Now I want to give you some uh, concepts about fasting because oftentimes fasting is misunderstood right? Uh, it, it's misunderstood on a couple of different levels, um, probably because it's so seldomly practiced and preached, right? We live in a very affluent uh, country. Now, whether you say, I don't feel that. Uh, yeah, w- w- if you have a car, you're in the top, you know, 5% of the world. Uh, like, you, you, whether you feel affluent or not, we live in an affluent um, culture. And, uh, and, and so, we are a people that is used to uh, luxury, <laughs> and we're used to not denying ourselves certain things. And and so, uh, you know, in this in this time of prayer and, and fasting, really, we are basically saying, okay, our culture has bombarded us. Some of us for our entire lives with, you need this, you need this, you need this, you need this, you need this. And it's time for us to say, no, I don't. I need him. I need him above all things. I need him above comfort. I need him above even food. I need him more more than all things. So uh, in this three days, we're calling you to a liquid fast. Uh, Now, let your conscience bind you here. Uh, you know, basically, if you can get it through a straw, we go for it. Now, I know some of you are going to be blended up steak. You're like, I'm going to blend up this ribeye and try to get it through a, through a, through a straw, or you're going to get a big old straw, right? Like, uh, but uh, we're calling you to a liquid fast uh, for, for, for three days. Um, you know, and I know, listen, here's what's going to happen. This is going to be like, all right, he said, he said, if I can get it through the straw. So, uh, life point sacred gathering sponsored by smoothie King, right? Uh, <laughs> give me all the protein. You got any creatine back there? You got anything I can put in this? You're going to be jacked after three days, right? Like, um, <laughs> uh, no, it's a liquid fast. We're calling you to do a, 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 a liquid fast here, but obey, obey your conscience in that, you know, whatever. But, uh, 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 we're calling you away from food. Now, some of you won't be able to do that for health reasons, right? Uh, maybe you've got diabetes or you've got something else. You're not going to be able to do that for health reasons. Uh, then let me encourage you in a couple ways. Um, encourage you and our whole church. I hope that we would also, everyone else would also fast from some of these other things as well, not just food. Uh, one is one idea for you is to put aside entertainment. Social media, TV, Netflix, whatever, to say, okay, I'm going to fast from these things for three days and zero in my heart on, on the Lord. I can't, I can't go without food because of health reason, reasons, so I'm going to uh, go from here. And, and, or maybe it's also like eat what you need, not, not what you can, right? Like put down the dessert for three days, right? The, I know the Girl Scout cookies just came out, but put them aside for three days, uh, until after the fact, you're like, yeah, but my health issues needs thin mints. Um, <laughs> uh, no, put them aside for a few days, um, and, and, and let's seek the heart of the Lord together. Um, our staff will be doing this, um, and so we're, we're, we'll have our phones for emergencies only, but we're going to be shutting everything down, work, emails, um, non-emergency communication. 
um, just to seek and pray and fast and, and, and see what the Lord has for our church. And, man, we, we're coming together in the nights, worshiping and praying together as a body, man. So I want to invite you to that. Two things um, that um, I, th- I would encourage you to do in this. One, uh, have a partner. Maybe that's a spouse or a buddy, a friend uh, that you're doing this with. Uh, and if, if you're going solo on it, find someone else in your, in your circles. Hey, hey, let's, so you can have someone to process with, right? So you can say, hey, here's what the Lord's showing me. Here's what the Lord's teaching me. Or uh, here's, um, I did not expect going without lunch would make me turn into a whole different person. Uh, but I need some help here. Encourage me, right? Just have some people in your life that can say, yes, keep going. I'm doing it with you. And, uh, and have some accountability there. Uh, secondly, write down some things that the Lord is teaching you. However you do that, if you journal, journal, if you Evernote or whatever, just, just write those things down uh, so that you can come back a week from now or two weeks from now and say, this is what the Lord was showing me. This, this is, I see how he's working here. He put this verse on my heart, and I see how this is working now. And, and just, just documenting those things so that you can see how faithful the Lord is to you in the weeks and months and years to come. And uh, so those are two just uh, practical things that, that I hope you do. Now, uh, another misconception about fasting is like a lot of people think it's just for like spiritual gurus or like some Eastern religions or something like that. Uh, but uh, Jesus uh, says in Matthew 6, basically that it's all for all Christians. In Matthew 6, the Sermon on the Mount, the most famous sermon ever preached, Jesus says to his people, he, he, notice he doesn't say uh, if you fast, he says when you fast. Jesus says when you fast. He says, uh, basically, he's saying, don't walk around with all long faced up and like you're suffering. He says, you know, appear as though you're not fasting so that your credit would be with the Lord, not with everybody around you. So thus also the fasting from social media. So you can't post about you fasting. Um, your rewards are in heaven. Believe that. Okay. Uh, not in likes. Um, so, um, yeah, so, so uh, uh, Jesus says, when you pray. So he's, he's, he's saying that everyone, I mean, when you fast. So he's saying that everyone will fast. He's calling, uh, commanding us to be a fasting people, uh, a people that are constantly going without food so that we can take those, uh, all of our focus in on Jesus and what, what he would have for us, right? Uh, and so uh, the, and, and fasting is about uh, another misconception about fasting. A lot, of, a lot of people preach and teach or think that fasting is our way of manipulating God and to get him to do what we want him to do. Like we've got God in this kind of arm bar and we're not going to stop. We're not going to start eating in God until you give me this. We're not going to start eating in God until you give me that job or that spouse or whatever. Then we just kind of manipulate, try to manipulate God into giving us what we want. And that's not the purpose of fasting. Fasting's not about you getting something uh, out of God uh, specifically. It's not you seeking a specific thing saying, I want you to do this, God. Uh, It's about sacrifice. It's coming before the Lord and saying, I want to be, uh, I, I want to, be more like Jesus. I want to know you more. I want to love you more. I want to see you more clearly. I want you to be the primary craving of my heart and life. And then he might work out some, some certain things in your life. But we're not, we, we're, we're not here to, 
arm wrestle God into giving us the specific things we want. We're coming into this fast saying, we are yours. Do with us what you want. Basically, it's the prayer of God, have your way with me. I'm here and I'm listening. I'm, 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 I'm seeing, I'm looking. Have your way in my life. Have your way in our church. We want you. More than stuff, we want you. And so that is the purpose of, uh, of, of, of fasting, right? And uh, especially in a, in a world that, that uh, tells us and teaches us that everything is about us. The, the word and the, 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 the church and the things we preach, that's, that's, that's not, it's countercultural to the world. It's not about you. The fast is not even about you. It's about God getting glory and honor from your life. Everything's about you. And, and look, uh, Isaiah 43, 7 tells us the reason why we're made. It says, everyone who is called by my name, who I create, created for my glory. So that's why we're created, for his glory, whom I formed and made. So you're, you're not on this planet for you. You're on this planet for him. You, you don't have breath in your lungs for you, ultimately, you have breath in your lungs for his name's sake and his glory's sake. You are saved for him, for his name's sake, his glory's sake. And then look, 1 Corinthians 10, 31 says, so whether you eat or drink or fast <laughs> or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. Everything about our lives should be under the glory of God, everything. Whether we're fasting or not fasting, everything should be about the, the glory of God, not ourselves. So the Bible's very clear that everything is about God, not, not about us. Fasting helps us to remember that, helps us to zero in our heart, focus in our heart on the fact that everything is about him. All of our lives, all of our existence is about him. Like God's ultimate agenda is not our temporary happiness. It may be about our ultimate happiness if our happiness is found in him, but not our temporary happiness. Our, 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 God uh, is, is moving and doing things in our life for our holiness, not, not necessarily our temporary happiness. So we seek God, and when we do, we're saying, we want to be like you. We want to be holy. We want to honor you with our lives. We, we, we want to zero in on your heart because we, we want to have that same heart. We want to love what you love, hate what you hate. We want to be Christians, little Christs. We want to walk as he walked. Help us to do that, uh, Lord. Uh, I want to give you, um, this is Acts 13, 1 through 4. We're going to see a picture here of a church coming together, praying and fasting, and what God did out of this particular movement. Uh, but Acts 13, 1 through 4 says, Now there was a church at Antioch, um, now, there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who is called Niger, Lucius and Cyrene, Manian, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. And while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid hands on them and sent them off. So here you have the churches gathered together. They're fasting and praying. They're seeking. No agenda. They're seeking. God, what do you want for us? What do you want from us? What do you want for us? What do you want us to do? So they come together. They're fasting and praying. And God tells them to, gives them direction and vision of the church and tells them to send out Paul and Barnabas. Now, this, this is the first ever cross-cultural missionaries. So church coming together, praying, fasting, 
God says, send out Paul and Barnabas, and here is the first ever uh, international missions, the missionaries. They're going to, uh, to, to share the gospel and to plant churches in all these surrounding nations. And so God moved through a time of the church coming together, praying and, and, and fasting. Now, uh, you, you got to remember about the context of the story. There was no organized uh, um, missionary movements, right? They didn't have a Brazil chip. Hey, hey, we're going to go to Brazil. Pick up your info sheet. We're going to go. It wasn't any of that. There wasn't any like uh, organ. There wasn't the IMB, International Mission Board. There wasn't, there wasn't things like that. A matter of fact, this happened before uh, the, the letter of Romans was written. First and second Corinthians, Philippians, Ephesians. You know why? Because those churches didn't exist at the time. And so by God moving through the church, through the time of prayer and fasting, he raises up Paul and Barnabas to go in all these nations, planting churches all the way that he would eventually write back to the letters that we have in our Bible. So we're uh, in many ways thankful for this prayer, this church is coming together, praying and fasting, God moving in their midst and sending them out. Because from which we had all these churches planting, first international missionaries going and a lot of the Bible that we have in our hands. So God moved through a church's obedience to come together, pray and fast, and say, God, what do you want from us? It gets me, I, I, could, I could get lost in just thinking about, daydreaming about, praying through. What, what will be said of our church, and our influence in the world because of this time of prayer and fasting five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 2,000 years from now. And we can look back and say, because a church was obedient to the movement of God, came together to pray and fast, we saw this happen. We saw God move. We saw saints coming to Christ. We saw people come to Jesus. We saw marriages redeemed. We saw children grow bold in their passion for Christ. We saw missionaries sent. We saw pastors raised up. We saw workplace people becoming not just about a job, but about their mission for Christ. Just thinking of how many uh, Ways in which God can move through our community and church and nation and to the nations because of three days of intentional saying, God, what do you want from us? We want to do that. What do you want from us? That's what we want to do. And so I get excited thinking about how God can use us in that way, how he can, how he can move in our church in, in those, those ways, those incredible ways. Here you have an example of a church coming together, fasting and praying, and just saying, God, we, we want to reorient our cravings to seek you and you alone. And would you continue to reveal unto us what you would have us do, what you would want from us? Now, another practical piece of this thing. Uh, as you're fasting, uh, when you get uh, hungry, when you get hangry, <laughs> right? When you get hangry, uh, that is a reminder for you to pray. 
So you, you take those urges and those desires that your body is naturally telling you, you need to eat, and you say, yes, but as I'm going to echo my Savior, and when he's tempted by the enemy, he says, man will not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from God. I want him more than I want food. I want him more than I want comfort. I want him. I want him to be my main pursuit and craving. I want him above all things. And so as you get hungry, these are the things you begin to wield your heart to, towards. You say, no, no, no. Yes, I want, I'd give $100 for a hamburger, but I'm not going to eat a hamburger right now. I've got a greater desire than a, than a hamburger, and that's Jesus. And so just continue, because when we do, when we do this with food, right, when we do this with food, and, and such, a, such a seemingly small thing, we do this with food, that we say we, we want Jesus more than we want the desires of food. That trickles through all of our lives. So you begin to process things more biblically to say, as I wanted Jesus more than I wanted a hamburger, I want Jesus more than I want the pursuit of money. I want Jesus more than I want my own comfort. I want Jesus more than I want this sin. I want Jesus above all the things in this world that's trying to Scratch from my attention and affection. I want Jesus above those things. And so it really should flesh out in all of your life to say, my heart and my craving, my desires are for him as at, at, at utmost. And so uh, that's why we're going to get together. That's why we're going to fast and, and pray and, and come together. Now, here, here's how I want to close. Uh, we're going to read a scripture together. And, uh, and uh, uh, sorry, another detail I need to tell you. Uh, I kind of mentioned it earlier, but uh, we're going to break our fast Tuesday night with communion uh, together as a body. Um, and then you can go to Chili's or, you know, Camino Real, wherever you want to go. I don't, know my, I don't know why Mexican food keeps. Anyway, uh, you can go wherever you want. Uh, but Tuesday night is when we're going to break our fast. We're going to break it with communion. So my last meal, this is how I'm doing it. My last meal will be uh, dinner Saturday night. Now, some of you have no, conscience, have no, no breach of conscience here, and you're just like, I'm going to eat 11.50. Whatever, okay? You do your thing. You do you, all right? But I'm, what I'm doing is saying Saturday night dinner is the last meal, and then I'm going to uh, have communion with the body uh, uh, at, uh, on Tuesday night, and then I'm going to go eat three days worth of food, okay, um, somewhere. Don't know where yet. Uh, so, so that's kind of the, the, the detail there, all right? Uh, if you have other questions about that in particular, please, uh, I'd love to help you with that, okay? But here's what, how we're going to close. I'm, we're going to read this verse together. This is Psalm 63, uh, verses 1 through 8, and um, we're going to read it together. And then I'm going to pray. Uh, we're going to go through communion together. I'll explain it before we pass it, and then, and then uh, we'll, we'll offering and then be dismissed, okay? Uh, so let's read through Psalm 63 together. Um, if you've got your Bibles, I'm going I'm to read on the, if you're like, where are you looking at? I'm looking at the TV in the back so that I can not get ahead of you uh, by reading from here. So I'm going to read from here so we can read together, okay? Ready? Let's go. God, you are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. My soul thirsts for you, my flesh faints for you, as in a dry and weary land 
where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory, because your steadfast love is better than life. My lips will praise you, so I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food. And my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night, for you have been my help. And in the shadow of your wings, I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. Let's pray together. Father, we uh, pray these things over our upcoming fast. We, we want our soul to cling to you. We want our hearts long for you. We want you to be as rich in fat foods in satisfaction to us. That we would seek and savor Jesus. So, Father, would you move in our hearts and lives, and would you continue to let us have singular focus and cravings and priorities to you and you alone. So, Father, I pray, God, that you would move in our church in a mighty way, that we'd be a church that's not about just being comfortable in life, but we're about getting to the end of this thing of our days and hearing from you, well done, good and faithful servant. You may enter into the kingdom. So, Father, help us, show us what would you require of us. Have your way in us. Have your way in this church. We're we're, we're chasing after one thing, and that is you. Your name, your glory, your fame, your, your reign over our hearts and lives. So, Father, would you move in our church in a mighty way? Christ's name we pray, amen.